Good afternoon. Welcome to this episode of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I'm racing alongside me today is Pat and James. We've got a doozy for the next couple episodes before the NFL draft, actually. Uh, we're going to do our own mock drafts. So uh, I've got mine for today. Pat is doing his on Thursday, and James is doing his next Tuesday. Now, how we're going to do it, we're going to just do like a tr- traditional mock draft, all first round. Uh, we are including trades. So uh, mine has, I think, three trades today. Yes, mine will include three trades. Um, obviously, I don't want Pat to spoil any of his. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, I guess we can just jump right in it. Obviously, number one, no surprise here. Jacksonville takes Justin Fields at one. They pull the old switcheroo. <laughs> and James is uh, Beavis. Why am I? Hold on. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> going number one. I'm happy with that. He didn't say Trevor Lawrence, bud. One. Trevor Lawrence going what? number one. He didn't say. No, I, I know. Well, I we know. already I know said who it is. It's Trevor well, Lawrence. Right. Well, well, that's yeah. why I, I was I, I, I was I was fooling I was fooling around. I, I, mean, I said he made a fun. It's to the point. It's to the point. <laughs> they they damn near don't even have to take the full ten minutes on the on the television side of things. It's well, just okay. Jaguars are on the clock, and we had the Jaguars card. Here it is. Yeah, Can I just announce gonna, it now? Right. I'm not even going to talk about it because it's so obvious. Moving on oh, to sure. number two. Number two is obvious. Again, it's the Jets are taking uh, Mac Wilson. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Jets take Zach Wilson. I mean, the, the, oh, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Um, yeah. Number three, San Francisco taking actually taking Mac Jones here. Um, I think Mac That's, Jones probably fits their offense I don't want to say better, but um, the, uh, the the Niners aren't really known for having a mobile quarterback. The last mobile quarterback they had was Kaepernick, and then before that was, what, Steve Young maybe? Um, yeah, I mean, it would be Steve Young um, because Alex Smith, I mean, he, was, he could move, but he wasn't the dual threat um, type of quarterback that – Typically, you would call a mobile quarterback. He wasn't like a Michael Vick or a Colin Kaepernick. He was, okay, and he could scramble for a few yards, but that's it. Garcia was never really mobile either. But, yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of people are speculating that Mac Jones does go right there in the 49ers just based off of um, Shanahan's interest in him, so. So yeah, the, the, well, I guess the entire organization is is interested in him, so so yeah. I, I think that's where he's going to end up going. Yeah. All right, number four. This is where it gets interesting. The first trade. Miami trades up with Atlanta at four to take Kyle Pitts. Okay. I I could see it. I I could see it. It'd definitely be worth it for sure. Let's see. I'm trying to see. So, what are they at now? Six. They're yes, at six. They're six. So, so uh, yeah, Atlanta would just trade back to six. Well then. So, I guess my question to you would be: So, and if Atlanta was to stay there at four, do you think they take Pitts or? Because if you're in Miami, you're not really worried about Cincinnati taking Sewell. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, yes, yes. I, I think if Atlanta were to sit there, they would take Pitts. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, I think Miami would would jump ahead of Cincinnati to take Kyle Pitts with a uh, trading with Atlanta. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts would would make that offense even better, and that offense is already is already pretty pretty strong. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that trading up to get Kyle Pitts would be the right move for Miami. Oh yeah. At number five, obviously, again, no surprise. The, the Bengals take Sewell. They, they just need a guy to protect Burrow. Mm-hmm. It's true. No arguments here. At number six, in the trade with Miami, Atlanta takes Trey Lance. Hmm. I think they they get ready for to prepare for life without Matt Ryan. Uh, even though Matt Ryan has about two years left on his contract, I think if Trey Lance comes in and uh, 
really starts to surprise the Falcons that maybe he, he either takes over Matt Ryan's job this year or next year. I mean, no arguments. Um, and, and really, if a team, I mean, I, obviously a quarterback there is going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, that would be a good, a better situation for Lance because you don't have to worry about starting right away. True. No, I agree. Oh, all right. Uh, at number seven, Detroit takes takes Jamar Chase, and they they after losing their top two receivers, they've got to have someone for Jared Goff to throw to, right? And why not go pick up the best receiver in the draft? True. Not going to hear me complain about that one. It's absolutely accurate. Yeah, their receiving core got depleted. So absolutely, absolutely. So they yeah they definitely need a receiver bad. So. Honestly, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I don't think they'll end up trading up to get one because I you can get one of the top three, whether it's um, whether it's uh, Chase Smith or Waddle, and be just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, at number eight, we have another trade. New England trades up with Carolina, as we heard in the news today. Carolina has been taking calls from teams regarding that eighth pick and. And possibly moving out. So I think New England is the one to jump up here and they take Justin Fields. Yeah. Could definitely see it. Number nine, Denver takes Micah Parsons. And they're, they can't get their quarterback now, uh, because all four of the top guys have gone. So maybe they look at the second round and getting one. Uh, so the next best player in the draft, I, I realistically would be Micah Parsons. Yeah, I've kind of shied away from them going for a quarterback right now, just because they aren't—they aren't really done with Drew Locke, apparently. So, yeah, well, it depends on it depends on who you who you listen to, who you who you talk to, what you read. Because some would say they are, some would say they aren't. I wouldn't be surprised if they are one of the teams that have called Carolina about possibly trading up to yeah. get a quarterback. So. I mean, again, it's only one spot, but that's one spot that you know, New England can't trade up or Chicago or, or Washington can't trade up to take quarterback. So True. I wouldn't be surprised either way if Denver does or doesn't jump up to take quarterback. Yeah, could be. James, any thoughts on that one? No, I mean, Mike, Michael Parsons is the best linebacker in the draft. Um, I think Denver Arguably the needs, best defensive player in the draft. Yeah, and Denver needs help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, unless you're getting, a, you know, really, if you're Denver, really, unless you're getting the top two, which you're not, uh, they're going to be picking the top two picks. You really can't afford to take a gamble on Trey Lance, even if, if he were to fall to you. Or so, because you, the next time you draft a quarterback for Denver, has to be the right move. It has to be. You, you, you've tried too many times at the quarterback position after Peyton Manning and it all, all failed. Um, so even if Trey Lance was available in your mock draft and even probably Justin Fields to an extent, unless they were really sold on one of those, I would probably, it would be hard for them to take one there, but Michael Parsons is the real deal. I think he's going to be able to step in day one and make an immediate impact. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I believe he definitely will. Uh, at number 10, Again, not a surprise pick here. The Dallas Cowboys take Patrick Sertan. They need help on the defensive side as well. Their offense is pretty much, I don't want to say already set because they could use help on the offensive line, but I think the greater need is at, quarter, or at cornerback here. So uh, Patrick yeah. Sertan being the best best DB would be the right pick. Absolutely. Uh, at number 11, the Giants take Quiddy Pay, edge rusher Michigan. Uh, again, like we talked about in the three-round special that we did, uh, the Giants need an end rusher. There's no doubt about it. They, they, that's one position they desperately lack, and so to go out and take possibly one of the better edge rushers in this draft would be big for them. They absolutely do need it, and he would definitely fill a major role. Hey, James, do you have anything on this one? No, I mean, it, that's a guy that's been rising up the boards as of late. Um, really, within the last month, he's been really r- moving up. Um, like you said, New York, the Giants definitely need a edge rusher. Um, 
I like that pick there. Um, really, it's I think though with Quiddy Pay, it's going to be one of those where in two years, it, it's either going to be a hype. It's, it could be one of those things either way. It can be like, yeah, this is a great pick for the Giants. They were look back on it. They reached for him, and he really isn't what we thought he would pay out to be. No, I agree. He's like you said. He's either going to be one or he's going to be the other. At twelve, the Philadelphia Eagles take Jalen Waddle, uh, another another team that def- desperately needs a receiver. Uh, and it's for a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts, get a guy that that he can kind of connect with. I mean, they were on the same team at Alabama, so a guy that maybe he can kind of try and reconnect with. Yeah, the Eagles. I mean, they just need they need weapons. And look, I mean, you, you're roll, you're rolling with Jalen Hurts, right? So, but if you don't give Jalen Hurts anything to work with, um, you're pretty much just wasting a year. And, that, and what's the point in that? Unless you're just already accepting a rebuild in 2022, um, which is quite possible for them. Um, but I mean, if you really want to find out what you have there in your second round pick, you have to put some. Around him to actually get a fair evaluation. True. True. At 13, the Chargers take Rashawn Slater, tackle from Northwestern. Now, again, not really a surprise pick. It's another team they got to protect their young quarterback. So um, I think Slater's the next best after Sewell. Some would even argue that Slater is better than Sewell or has a, a could have a brighter future than Sewell. So I, I think definitely protecting. Herbert is the Chargers' number one priority. True. I agree with you. He's definitely next in line, and he can definitely provide excellent insurance for uh, Herbert. And one thing you like to see, too, is he's coming from a Northwestern pretty much program um, that is very physical, and you need that in the offensive lineman at the second level, I mean the NFL level. Um and look, I mean, yes, the game's going to a more passing game. We all know it. It's been obvious for the past five, five years. But you still need to be able to have an offensive tackle that can be aggressive in the run game. Because if not, then you, you don't really get a good tackle, right? You have to be able to do both. Um, Panay Sewell's going to be good, I think. But I think it, I, I agree. I mean, Slater could be a better pro long term because of his physicalness. All right, and as I talked, uh, we I had three trades. I do have another one here at 14. I think Miami really takes advantage of their um, their stockpiled draft picks over the next few years. I have them trading up with Minnesota to take Devontae Smith. I mean, it just helps out their offense so much more if they can get Pitts and Smith. So, uh, again, a guy who can really help out Tua, I'm pretty sure, Tua and um, – and uh, Smith were on the same team at, at Alabama as well. So, again, another guy that can reconnect with his former quarterback mm-hmm. and possibly, and I'm going to say probably, do something special in Miami. Yeah. And if that happens, right, if they if they use their draft capital to move up, that really it's not that far of a jump. But if they move up to get Devontae Smith, then you really have to look at, if Tua isn't successful this year, maybe he just won't be successful because if you get Kyle Pitts in the situation and if you get um, Devontae Smith, oh, by the way, you still got Devontae Parker, a pretty good offensive line, a pretty good number two tight end. At some point, I mean, you, you have to realize, look, maybe we just didn't get the guy. Now, obviously, that's trying to get the future, right? But if he doesn't in this instance, in this mock draft, the way it's playing out, then you really have to look look at the quarterback and be like, maybe we drafted the wrong guy. True. True. You give right. him enough weapons or you can't argue at all of what the problem is. Right. Now, like James said, it's not that much of a draft. Minnesota only fall back four spots to 18. So uh, we'll get to their pick in a second. At 15, with the uh, trade with Miami, Carolina then takes Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, they got to find a way to protect um, Sam Darnold now. Their their offensive line is is not bad, but guard is is definitely a position they need. And I think they're at fifteen. Elijah Vera Tucker is probably the next best pick for for Carolina to take. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, they need to protect Sam Darnold. Um, and look, I mean, you can get a good skill guy in the second, third, even fourth round this year, um, whether that be receiver, running back, whatever. Um, and you're not going to, and tight end wise, right? You need a tight end for Carolina, but you're not going to pick Pat Fairmuth there, right? So yeah, I think that's a good pick there. Um, and if they were able to trade back and get more draft capital even going forward, you would think that the Panthers won that trade and well, okay, not if they, the Miami Dolphins turn into Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith, but for a long term, that's a win for the, the Panthers going forward. True. Yeah, new quarterback, you definitely want to protect him. Especially if you, you think he could be the possible future quarterback of your organization. True. At 16, I have the Cardinals taking J.C. Horn. Uh, again, a pick that's not being debated too much. Uh, again, just depends on who you talk to. I looked at uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft today. Uh, his recent two draft picks, he has the Cardinals trading up. Uh, and the one... A few weeks ago, he had him taking Kyle Pitts. Today, he has him taking uh, Jalen Waddell. I don't think they have enough draft capital to trade up without giving up draft picks for next year, and that's not how you build a new team. That's not how you try and rebuild a team, especially now with coming in. uh, Most of the guys you you signed this year are over the age of 30, And it's time that they kind of just sit where they're at and possibly maybe even trade back and get some more draft capital. So I, I see the Cardinals taking J.C. Horn here. Again, a physical physical cornerback that can really pay off in the long run. It'll keep a guy like uh, Byron Murphy on the inside. He doesn't have to stretch to the outside. And a guy that can help oppose uh, Malcolm Butler on the other side of the field. So... It's gonna it's gonna take a minute for him to develop, but I think again in the long run he can be a top corner in the league. Yeah, I agree with you. Good pick. At seventeen, the Vegas the Las Vegas Raiders take Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Again, the Raiders have a lot of needs and their defense is probably a bigger part of what is needed. So uh, taking the arguably the second best linebacker in the draft at Owusu Koromoa, you can't really go wrong with this pick here. No, that's actually who I want the Browns to get, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's definitely gone before the Browns get to him. So good pick. Yeah, and you pair that with Ngakwe, who they got in free agency. I mean, obviously, I don't think they'll be in the field all the time together, but those packages in which they are on the field together, talk about a fast defense. I mean, that would be a really fast defense, which is what you need when you're in the same division as the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, I think that'd be a very good pick there, and really one that not a lot of people are talking about, but the Vegas Raiders need that pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Well, they do. They definitely do. Oh, uh, because like you said, it's a fast defense. If you look at what they've been the past few years, it's they've been a slow defense. They're not mm-hmm. real speedy. No. So no, and that's that's hurt them many a time. Yeah. Especially oh. like James said, being in that conference, it's yeah, or that division rather, it's it's hard. It to is. Keep up. It is. It is. So at eighteen, in that trade with Miami, uh, Minnesota takes Jalen Phillips, a dresser from Miami. Um, Minnesota wasn't a great team this year. Um, and I think edge rusher is probably a, a good reason why they, they weren't able to get after the quarterback as much as they wanted to. Uh, they do play in a, in a pretty, t- I don't want to say pretty tough division. I mean, they got to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Uh, they had to play Matt Stafford twice a year and now they're gonna have to play Jared Goff twice a year. So mm. I, I think getting after the quarterback is probably one of their biggest concerns at this point. Yeah, and if you look back at what happened uh, last offseason, the Vikings got burned on the Ngakwe trade. Uh, wow, trade. The Ngakwe trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, they got burned. I mean, they gave up a second rounder for Ngakwe, um, and I think a, another conditional pick. Um, and look, I mean, they had to trade him to um, Baltimore because, quite frankly, um, 
that defensive line was worse when he was in the lineup. And now if they were, if they had the, the opportunity to trade Jalen Phillips, um, you kind of rebuttal what you, the mistake you made last year. True. All right. So at 19, I've got the Washington football team taking Christian Darsall, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Um, obviously with those four quarterbacks being taken there early on, they're not going to be able to trade up and take one. So I think they really, start to prepare for taking one possibly next year. Good pick. Yeah, I like that. And look, I mean, it's kind of an unfortunate situation if you're Washington because you are out of reach of a quarterback um, and you're not going to pick a Kyle Trask there. Um, no, they so can't really, trade up either. No, you really can't trade up. So, I mean, you really are kind of stuck, right? I mean, you really have to rely on your defense again this year because – yeah, you've added a couple pieces in the offense, but you're missing the most important piece, and that's the quarterback. Right, and like I said, you know, really starting to protect the quarterback now and then possibly again drafting one next year. Or even if they can try and draft one like, like Kyle Trask in the second round, uh, and if, if he were to pan out, then great. Then obviously you've got one of the best tackles, and then if you got a, if you can get a good quarterback like Kyle Trask, then sure. So they might. I can see it happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at 20, Chicago is in the same boat. I mean, they need a quarterback. Andy Dalton right now is tabbed as kind of a starter. So um, I have them taking Jalen Mayfield, the tackle for Michigan. Uh, again, just kind of trying to protect not only Andy Dalton for this year, but a potential future quarterback next year, or again, if they were to take one in the draft this year in the second or third round. Yeah, I agree with that pick for sure. Now, Raceland, if you ask the Chicago social media team, Andy Dalton is QB1. Well, that's what I was saying. He's, he, it seems like he's almost kind of tabbed as QB1 already. For now. For now. For now. Uh, so at 21, the Indianapolis Colts take Caleb Farley. Uh, a guy who is starting to kind of fall in some mock drafts, again, depending on who you talk to, who you ask, what what analysts you listen to. Uh, Caleb Farley, because of his, his injuries, and he didn't play this past uh, season for Virginia Tech. He sat out because of COVID. Um, he, he could be arguably the best corner to come out of this draft class. But the sitting out a year and then the recent back surgery are kind of hindering him from being taken as the top corner. He's a very great, he's a very good corner. He's a great corner. But again, is he going to be able to hold up? Is he going to be able to really learn a system uh, as, as quickly as he needs to, to be the first corner taken off the board? I hope it pans out well for him. But like you said, with the recent uh, surgery and him taking a year off, I mean, it, it definitely does hurt him, but uh, I do agree with you. If he is playing at full uh, full speed and uh, 100% healthy, he could definitely be the best corner in the draft. But like we like we just said, that does kind of hinder him just a tad. But I still think it'll pan out well for him, and they could definitely use it for sure. James, any thoughts? No, I mean, you guys pretty much hit all the, the key points there. I mean, the back injury kind of raises concern. Um, obviously, sitting out because COVID didn't help his draft stock, but I don't think it hurt it as badly as we think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he could be, if, if he stays healthy, um, he might have to get the rust off of him, right? He missed a whole year of playing time, which is a big deal. Um, but I think outside of that, I think he could be a very good corner. Uh, at 22, Tennessee taking Kadarius Tony, receiver from Florida. Uh, Tennessee is a team that doesn't really need a whole lot. Um, it's just some bad luck and some bad strides uh, throughout the back half of the season and, and then into the playoffs. I, I think if they can get Kadarius Tony and make him a a good receiver, even if, even again, even if he's just a good receiver in the NFL, they can that can really help out their team in the back half of the season and then again into the postseason. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Tony scares me though. I think if if you if you're if your team drafts to, uh, Kadarius Tony, he does kind of scare you because I mean really I, I mean what is the number one thing we hear about him is his speed, right? Um, he's not a very big receiver. Um, he he's not one. I mean he, he really if you look if you that's the only thing you hear about him is his speed, which is fine, right? But can the other things come with it? Um, look, we all were there. John Ross, I mean, speed, 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 and that's it. And look at him now. He's, he's a bust. He's a first round bust. Um, I think Tony, if he can get the route running and the speed to coincide, um, he could be a pretty good player, but he's also one of those to where we can look back and say, another John Ross situation. No, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he very well could end up fitting under that. But again, he could end up very well fitting as probably the second. I would, I'd would i argue probably the second best receiver in this draft. Um, The second mm. best. Wow, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I think if you look at Jalen Waddle, he, he know, we know he can be the complete package. We know Devontae Smith, what he's able to do, right? Um. Kadarius Tony, I mean, he's shown a lot of good things and he's shown some bright spots, but he's, I don't think right now he's the second best receiver and it'll be. No, 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 I, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying right now he is, but, but looking at it based on my mock draft, I mean, if, it, if Jalen Waddle does go 12 to Philadelphia and Philadelphia doesn't do well, I mean, Jalen Waddle's not going to have a great year. Um, and if Miami to, if Miami were to trade up to take Devontae Smith at 14, then there's going to be so many weapons in an offense that Devontae Smith's not going to really have that time to really blossom and explode as the, the possible number two. So that's why I kind of said that he would be, could be the, the second best. And I, I can see that for a couple of reasons, but I think it also to kind of play devil's advocate here. Um, you also got to realize who Tennessee has in the name of Derrick Henry. Um, and that team goes through Derrick Henry and their number one receiver is, I think, AJ Brown. Um, so I think Kadarius Tony could be, I, I agree with your points. If Jalen Waddle, he's in Philly, who knows what that situation is going to be. It's most likely going to be bad for this year. Um, and look, I mean, Jalen and, um, Dante Smith, I mean, you got a lot of other weapons to spread the ball to. But you also got that Derrick Henry factor. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, that one, it's going to take two, three, maybe even four years down the road to look back on this and be like, this is what we thought going in, and this is how he actually is. I don't think it's going to be an immediate – we can make a judgment immediately. True. True. At 23, I've got the Jets taking Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. Um, this one I bounced around a lot on, um, whether they take Zayvon Collins or, or maybe even a running back here. Uh, but I think the bigger need for them is that, again, they've got their team that has too many holes. Um, and I think they can take a, a running back in the second or third round and be just fine with, with that. So, uh, Zayvon Collins is probably the next best available option for them. They need a guy that can come in and try and be as big of a leader as possible. Um, sure. like, like, uh, Owusu Koromoa, he's a fast linebacker. He's, he's all over the field. So a guy that can really help even try and give a spark to that defense. True. And one thing with the running backs is not a lot of teams really need one. So like you said, you can wait until essentially the second round, maybe even third round too, because, I can't really name any other team that could possibly use a running back that soon. So I agree with the Zevin Collins pick right there over a running back. Yeah, and if you're the Jets, I mean, really, if you look at it, last year's pick with Mekhi Becton is doing them wonders in this draft because, yeah, now you get your franchise guy, what you believe is your franchise guy. And now you don't have to worry about using your second first rounder on an offensive tackle. If you didn't have Mekhi Becton, 
you'd be kind of sandwiched into that pick. I mean, you almost have to go tackle or even trade up for the tackle. Um, but now that you don't have to worry about that and you can fix your defense because they were terrible last year too. I know, I mean, I know we all put the blame on Sam Darnold, which some of it is given. I mean, it's warranted, right? But oh, sure. that defense was bad last year. Oh, it was. It definitely was. Uh, at 24, you talking about not taking a running back early. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Najee Harris. Uh, again, a team that doesn't really need a whole lot. Uh, with the re-signing of Juju, they don't need a running back. And so I think the next best viable option, now that they don't have James Conner anymore, is to go with arguably the best running back in the draft, Najee Harris. Yeah. Don't disagree with you. Yeah, I don't disagree that they're, they, that they will take Najee if he falls here, right? Um, but I will disagree. I think Pittsburgh needs a lot. I don't, I think that team should be in rebuild mode this year. Um, I think they're just prolong, prolonging the inevitable, um, by bringing back Ben Roethlisberger. Look, if you look at that sure. team last year, especially when they went undefeated, everyone's hooping and hollering. Pittsburgh's undefeated. Well, look at the teams they beat. I mean, they, they were beating the bottom of the barrel of the NFL. And then they get smacked against Cincinnati. They lose against playoff teams that, you know, early in the year you wouldn't think they would lose to. Um, you lose to Cleveland. Um, twice. Twice. Um, and the second time around when there was the, the opening round of the playoff, that was the worst showing of the year. Um, look, you lost, baby. You, you lost, you lost your center. You lost your starting tackle. You lost your starting running back. Juju Smith-Schuster has to prove that he can go back to, you know, the Juju of old rather than the TikTok dancing Juju. Um, their defense yeah. is not a defense of Pittsburgh Steelers. Their offensive line didn't run block with the crap. Look, that team had a lot of issues last year. They did, but uh, you got to give Juju one thing. He played well. He was just a distraction with TikTok. Did now, he play well? I don't think he played very well. I don't think he played. I don't think so. I watched a few Pittsburgh games and look, I mean, Chris Claypool played well, but Juju, I didn't think was that great. Well, let me go and look up his stats real quick, but I'm almost positive he played a great season. Not a great season, a good season. I think at an average at best season, okay. I don't think he played as good as everyone thinks he, I mean, what, I don't think he, because Chris Claypool was definitely the number one coming out of last year. Well, sure. De- I definitely agree with you. I just think that, you know, he he definitely did pretty good. I mean, he... Let's see. 97 receptions for 831 yards. Uh, average eight. Um, nine touchdowns, which is actually his high. So... I mean, it's about average for him, a little bit above average, honestly. So, I mean, he played like a solid number two because he's not meant to be a number one receiver. I mean, it's just not his style. He never was. So he's still playing the same. It was just him being a distraction for Pittsburgh. Right, and well, and, and like you said, he's playing like a number two receiver. If they can get Chase Claypool to be that number one receiver like they kind of right. want to, uh, and he's kind of starting to shine and show that he could be that number one, uh, then that would obviously move Juju back to two, not have the best corner on him mm-hmm. in coverage, so then he could shine back as that number two like he did when he was with Antonio Brown. Right, and that's what he needs to be as a number two. He can't be the number one guy. He's just not He's not made for it. No, so... But I do um, agree with James. They do need to go in rebuild mode, and they are prolonging the inevitable with that Big Ben um, restructure of contract thing. So, yeah, I mean, um, and the thing is, Ben's been terrible for a couple years. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe terrible is too harsh, but he's been on a pretty steady decline. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, um, absolutely. Look, if you see that trend starting. Maybe it's time you think of another option. Now, to their defense, you're not drafting a quarterback there at 24. No. But also, maybe you should have been aggressive in the free agency or trade market to get a guy. Um, I don't. I just think 
they're setting themselves up for some type of disappointment going through in the future. I agree. I will definitely have to wait and see uh, what Pittsburgh does there at 24. At 25, Jacksonville takes Trayvon Morig. Again, not another surprise. Uh, here recently, though, I have seen some some analysts say Jacksonville takes possibly an edge rusher. You know, some have said possibly another receiver. Uh, I think that's just all smoke and mirrors at this point. Jacksonville's next best need is safety. Um, and if they want to try and tag that that next tight end at Friermuth in the second round of that first pick, then Morig would be the guy to take here. For James's sanity, I hope they take Morig. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I, I've seen some mock drafts like you race on that, have an edge rusher or even uh, Christian Barmore there at 25. Um, I think a most glaring need that needs to be addressed at that pick is definitely safety. I mean, like I said, Andrew Wingard's going to give me a heart attack if I have to watch him for 16 games again. Um, but, and look, I mean, no offense to Daniel Thomas, but he's not a three down starting safety. At least he hasn't shown that so far. Um, so, but again, if we're, if this, if this mock draft is the way it prevails, you know, nine days away, um, as we're recording this, Trayvon Morig, I'd be happy, but also there's a guy on the board still that I wouldn't mind seeing them take there. And that's Gregory Rosu. Um, look, I mean, we're, we already know they're going to have a 3-4 scheme within their defense this year. So I can't help but think, man, if you have Gregory Rosu and Josh Allen on opposite sides of each other, that could be pretty scary as well. Um, but, yeah, I love the Trayvon Morick pick when, when it comes to this. Yeah. At 26, um, a guy that does seem to be falling, we've talked about this, couple different times on the mock draft. James actually just mentioned him. Uh, I've got Cleveland taking Gregory Rosu. I'd love that pick. I mean, like I said before, uh, Rosu Cormo is more than likely not going to be there. Uh, Zavin Collins is another one that I would have liked. Uh, he probably won't be there either. So, yeah, I, I definitely like it. I like what I've seen from him. Well, and I think even even with the signing of Jadavion Clowney, it's it's a what a one year contract. It's a one year, eight million plus two million for incentives. Else. Incentives, incentives yes. So if you it would take it, be good. If they if they were to take Rosu, uh, he would obviously have to swap in and swap out with. They'd almost have to play on a rotation. Uh, and I think just that's what kind, they're going to do. Just to kind of see what they can do. Um, obviously, if they take Rusu there at 26 he and Clowney doesn't work out, then you've got a guy that has the potential to be a great edge rusher. I mean, obviously, 15 sacks, what, 15, 15 and a half sacks in his last season at Miami. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. didn't play this past year because of COVID, but, but again, the numbers speak for themselves. Right. I think that's exactly what they're trying to do is, they signed Clowney to a one-year deal just to make sure that they didn't go overboard with the deal to where, well, he's not really working out, but we signed him for three years. Now we're stuck with him with all this money. It's a one-year deal. They can swap swap them in and out. He can learn underneath him, and I think it'll benefit in the end. I think also what it does is, and it's something that we're kind of overlooking, and it's a security blanket. I mean – Jadavion Clowney is inconsistent. He hasn't been very good since 2017. And quite frankly, it's a one-year prove-it deal um, because no one else wanted him. I mean, I think Cleveland's the only team he went and visited. No one really wanted him. Um, So I think if you get Gregory Rosu there, it's like, okay, Clowney, you're not going to come up in here and just, because your name, be on the field. Because if this rookie outplays you, He's going to start over you. And I think that's, his, and they have the ability to do that because, I mean, just the way, because $8 million isn't, you know, breaking the bank. Um, right. So I think it's a security blanket for this year with Clowney, but also it could be a very good learning experience to where when it comes to next year, he's cheap and he can be on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. True. That's what we definitely want someone on the opposite side of Miles because as of right now, there was nobody there. 
Uh, Richardson just wasn't cutting it. It was too slow. Did not help at all. Uh, Miles was doing everything. And he just, I mean, they were double teaming him. And they could. And they got away with it most of the time. So adding both of them to the lineup to where they can swap in and out and kind of confuse the offense a little bit is going to help tremendously. No, absolutely. I, I definitely believe that that, that that could be those that could be their intentions if they were to take Rusu there at 26. Uh, at 27, I have Baltimore taking uh, Rondell Moore. Um, a lot of mock drafts would, would argue that Terrace Marshall would be the one to go there, but uh, in looking at at the Ravens' offense, what is the Ravens' offense known for? Is speed, and Rondell Moore is speed. So I think Rondell Moore probably be a better fit there, because um, again, he's just uh, he's a fast receiver. He's a good receiver. He can he can lead you down the sideline and really get that those those big catches in stride if he needs to. Yeah, be good for, good pick for him for sure. They definitely need him. Yeah, and really the, all the talk when it comes to Baltimore this offseason is they need to get help for Lamar Jackson. They need to give him receivers. Because um, really Hollywood Brown, he's been okay, but he, I don't think he's been what we all thought he would be at this level as of so far, as of right now, right? Um, so really if you add more speed to Greg Roman's offense, I think that does nothing but help. But I think eventually what it comes down to is you – is look, I mean, I think teams are starting to figure out that scheme. So I think Greg Roman needs to u- utilize. I mean, he's obviously he's way smarter than I am. Don't get me wrong, but if you look at the last few games, the scoring has been down for Baltimore. And I think if you get all this speed on one field for on your offense, you can come up with different different type of formations and plays to utilize that. Especially when you have a guy that's like a. He, Rondell Moore, I mean, he had that one great game against Ohio State, and we all know what he's capable of doing. You really have to – I think you almost have to script plays for his potential to come out. Um, maybe I'm wrong in that opinion, but that's just the way I feel about Rondell Moore. No, I, I would agree. That's that's kind of what I was going for is that, again, that that's he seems to be the – I don't want to say the only guy because, obviously, I think Terrace Marshall could help him. Rashad Bateman could even help them. Uh, as the big physical receiver that they could use. But again, that offense is more based on speed. And so uh, I think Rondell Moore would be the better option for them there at 27. At 28, New Orleans takes Aziz Ojolari, Edris from Georgia, uh, a guy who, for some reason, his name starts to slip a little bit. And I'm not sure why he was looked at as possibly an early 20s pick, maybe even uh, the latest I saw him falling was Cleveland uh, mm-hmm. at 26. But now he's starting to fall a little bit. I just only have him fallen two more spots to New Orleans. New Orleans needs a little bit of help, edge rusher wise. Um, if because obviously if he were to oppose Cam Jordan or even blitz on the same side, if he were if he were to play kind of like an outside linebacker edge rusher type guy, like like what Chandler Jones does um, for the Arizona Cardinals, I think he could be pretty dangerous in that defense. Yeah, I think he could be dangerous. Um, I haven't watched much Georgia football, so I really can't give an opinion on what I've seen on the, on the, on the field. Um, but I mean, based on what I hear, I think he, he I mean, you can play him with the hand on, hand on the ground or stand him up like a Chandler Jones. So it's going to be interesting to see how far he falls if he does. Um, obviously it's not that far. I mean, it's very high end on the first round, but. I'm curious to see what he can do at this level and actually get to see more of him. Yeah. Uh, at 29, Green Bay, uh, I, th- I have them actually helping Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, again, I don't know if they will or not, but I have them taking Terrace Marshall at, at 29. Yeah, I mean, you would think, right, they would help him out. Um Especially after the comments, I mean, he not comments, but he wasn't particularly happy after the NFC Championship game, which rightfully so. Um, 
you he wants weapons and they keep depriving him of that when it comes to first round draft picks. Um, last year it went to the as we all know went to the above and beyond. They had to trade up and get Jordan Love, which still blows my mind. Um, but do, do you think though for some reason they're not going to do what they we think they're going to do and they're not going to get him help? In fact, they're going to try to get a corner because. We all know how badly that corner got burned in the, right before halftime. That pretty much cost them the game. But then on the other side, the defense did everything they could to help win the game, and Tom Brady did everything he could to lose the game. And Aaron Rodgers in the deep um, in the offense just couldn't score. So who knows with them? Who knows? Maybe they just can't win. You never know. They may draft a quarterback again. I don't think that'll happen. Actually, there and there's there's one thing I kind of want to bring up after I'm done talking about mock draft. We can talk about it for a little bit. Um, but no, I think the the whole getting burned on that last second touchdown before halftime. I don't think that they were ready for a play to happen, honestly, because it was kind of a quick snap, and Scotty Miller's a fast receiver, and he just got by him the corner who probably didn't think that they were gonna make the play there. I mean, they, they could have set up and just ran the clock out. Who knows? No, so no. I, See, I, I just think, no, not at I that just, point in the game. That's, no, that's not the at problem. that point. You got to be ready for that, man. You got to be ready for that. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you got to no, be ready. For it kind of felt like they were was, trying to put, I mean, at that point in the game, they were up. Tampa Bay was already up. It seemed like they were trying to put the game out of reach right then and there because all the momentum was on Tampa Bay's side. To where if they scored there, I mean, Pat and I were live texting during that. When they scored there, when you felt the air come out of the balloon. It, it felt like the floodgates opened. It was done. And so in that point in the game, if you can't just say, well, and first of all, you're playing Tom Brady. You think he's just going to let the clock run out? No, he's not. So no, he's going to have fun And he just got no, burnt. I'm, I'm not, he got I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying that I would – kind of sit around and wait for Tom Brady to run the clock out because he has Tom Brady. But that's what I'm thinking is that maybe the defense got a little lackadaisical and maybe they didn't think that because that corner, if you go back and look at that cornerback, didn't really look set, like almost as if he was waiting for just Tampa Bay to run out of the clock. Because like you said, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay had the lead. You know, they, they were making a bit of a drive, but again, there wasn't a whole lot of time to go off of. So, Again, I, I just think he got a little lackadaisical and just got burned there because he wasn't paying attention. Well, maybe now they can get a corner that can actually pay attention because, like James said, it's Tom Brady. You got, you, I mean, you got to be ready for anything. I mean, anything at all. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. You're a corner. That's what you get paid to do. And you got burnt, and it shows that you weren't ready. Yeah, and Rachel, you you kind of made my point for me is when you your words said, I wouldn't because it's Tom Brady. Well, if you aren't doing it, if if you were in his shoes and you're sitting at home knowing they could run a play, he's getting paid millions of dollars at the professional level with film upon film upon film. He knows that as well. I just think either he, and if, let's say for your benefit of the doubt, he didn't get set. Well. Was it because he didn't hear a, a coverage or what? But either way, he was still one-on-one with the guy, and the guy burned him pretty bad. And at that point in the game, the whole defense sucked that first half. Let's just put it the way it is. That defense was oh, terrible. They did. The they, did. Half. Mm-hmm. they did. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, again, that's something we can kind of talk about here in a minute because uh, – I, I did see something interesting on, on Twitter the other day, or actually it was Instagram that led me to something on Twitter that I saw. So, again, we'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, at 30, I've got Buffalo taking Rashad Bateman. Um, again, another team that doesn't need a, a, a whole lot. Uh, but with the loss of their number two receiver in John Brown, I think that they can go out and take the big physical receiver in Rashad Bateman and be just fine. I agree. They don't really know a whole lot. So, yeah, that's definitely a good get for them. Yeah, I don't think they need a whole lot, but I think picking that actually gives them a big receiver, a bigger style receiver. I mean, your number one receiver last year was Stephon Diggs by far. But then you have a guy like Cole Beasley, but he's a slot guy who's, I mean, we all know Cole, but he, as a slot guy, you're not big. 
I think this gives them a big target. Um, kind of what Buffalo lost a while back when I was Sammy Watkins. He, he becomes a red zone target, um, which mm-hmm. I think is something they, I mean, outside of, I mean, this is what they desperately need. That's what I'm trying to say. They need a, a guy where if they're within the red zone, they can just throw a jump ball. That's not Stephon Diggs because Stephon Diggs gets double teamed or, you know, high load. Um, so that's something they need. At 31, Kansas City taking Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. Uh, as we saw, I mean, obviously that they need tackles badly. They 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 just they just got rid of their top two offensive tackles, and like we saw in in the uh, in the Super Bowl, need, your offensive tackles are big keys to your offense. So uh, a lot of a lot of tackles already taken off the board, three or four taken. Already, uh, Tevin Jenkins probably the next best available option for them, um, and, and even then you don't need a guy that that's great. You just need a guy that can block for long enough, because Patrick Mahomes can he can move. He's an improviser. He's a great improvising quarterback, and sure. he can he can make plenty of plays with his feet. So uh, Tevin Jenkins again, a guy who I think could be pretty good in the NFL, solid solid tackle. It would be a good pick for them here at, at 31. Yeah, can't go wrong with it. They definitely need it, like you said. So, no arguments here. Yeah, and that's kind of a, a, the ideal fit if you're Tevin Jenkins because look at what he's playing on. Look what he played in in college, a Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State air raid offense. Um, Kansas City's the pro version of the air raid offense, right? And you can't blame them because they have the best. Throwing, I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes, the top five quarterback in the league. Um, and look, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, race. So as long, just block long enough to where Patrick Mahomes can find somebody, or or to where it's he's not getting the ball, and then all of a sudden he has to run around for forty yards just to throw it away. Um, I mean, that's an ideal situation for a rookie uh, rookie tackle to come into, especially a guy like Tevin Jenkins, who's already kind of familiar with that type of offense. Right, right. So at 32 to round out the first round, um, Tampa Bay taking Christian Barmore. Again, not a uh, again a team that doesn't need anything. I mean, they retained all 22 of their starters from last year. You could argue running back here, but but again, you can take a running back in the second round if you're Tampa Bay. Um, this is one that honestly I wouldn't be surprised to see Tampa Bay actually trade out of. Now, if a team desperately wants to try and trade up, like if the Jets want to try and trade up uh, and use take their second round pick and move into that first round slot there, where where Tampa Bay is at, and take uh, take running back, then obviously it's a viable option for them to do. If if Jacksonville, um, obviously Jacksonville's not going to want to, but if Jacksonville has a desperate need and and they have a guy that's on the board that they really like that they maybe trade up to get. Then now I'm not saying they use that first pick in the second round. Maybe they use that second pick in the second round. That oh, what 44th overall. Then uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean I don't know if they would trade up to the 32 because we do have that number 33. Um, I just, but I, I see what you're saying. I mean that that if you're Tampa Bay, that door is certainly open, right? Because you you look on the on the roster, they've won the Super Bowl and they brought they brought everybody back. I mean, actually, I think you and I and Pat discussed that um, on our mock draft edition uh, that we posted uh, last week. Um, but one thing I did thought I thought about, and when it comes to that, um, after we had that discussion on air, is if, let's say Christian Barmore is there at 32, I don't think they try to trade away. I think they take Christian Barmore because, look, yes, they brought everybody back, but a lot of the guys, some of the guys they brought back are old. I mean, especially if you look at that specific position, um, who's our other interior guys? You have Vita Vea and Dominant Sue. Well, Dominant Sue is no spring chicken. So if you sure. get a guy like Christian Barmore, you kind of replace what you lose when Dominant Sue ultimately steps away from the game or leaves Tampa Bay. And you really don't have – you might have a little bit of a drop-off at first, but you had the potential to not have a drop-off at all, which is very rare. 
Right. Well, and, and again, that's why I have him there is is the whole reason of when is Sue going to retire and, and is he going to be able to play up to the same level he did last year? I'm sure he will. Uh, but again, when will he, when will he retire? When will he go to possibly another team? Um, and then you're getting the best nose tackle in the draft. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, right? Because coming into this, you thought Christian Barmore was going to be a higher pick. Um, and, and honestly, like, I'm not even saying for your mock draft sake, I think, you know, around the league, um, people are thinking he can go in the second round. So it's just crazy how, you know, when the, the offseason started and all the draft talk started, it was could be mid to about anywhere in the middle of the draft. Now it's, oh, he might actually fall to day two. Yeah, and any any team that were to take him in day two would be an absolute steal, an absolute steal. I think True. taking I think Tampa Bay taking him at thirty two would be a steal. Because I mean, he, I w- because he's, he's such a great nose tackle. He's there at thirty three. I want Jacksonville to take him, and then you get Pat Fairmuth and their second second round pick. Well, and and that's, again, that's kind of like what I said. If if Jacksonville wants Barmore there, then they can trade that forty fourth overall to New England, or I'm sorry, not New England, but Tampa Bay, and take Barmore. And I don't think they will, though. The reason I don't think they will is because they have so much they need to rebuild. Um, that second second round pick is a very critical pick, um, especially to move up one guy. I mean, look, they don't get Christian Barmore there. Um, then you get Frymuth or someone there at 33, like Elijah Moore, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I like that pick there for going back to the mock draft. I like that pick there at 32. All right. So um, the one thing I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll, we can start to wrap up the episode because uh, we're not going to do uh, everyone's favorite um, segment. We're not going to do final thoughts here for the next couple episodes, uh, again, because they're mainly we're mainly just focusing on the mock drafts. But um, this is one thing to kind of take into consideration. Um, so from what I've read and from what I've seen now on Twitter and um, and Instagram is, and this is coming from a fairly reliable source. They've had some some bad takes, but then they've also had some good takes. Um, it's being rumored that um, there could be a possible trade involving the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers that would send Jordan Love to New England. Now, I'm willing to bet that this is probably based on if New England can't trade up and get a quarterback. Could be. Could be. I don't know so, how much interest there would be in Jordan Love, considering they haven't seen anything from him, but. So, so from what I'm seeing is um, uh, there's been there's a paper uh, there's a piece of paper being leaked online with with information on it, um, and it's being rumored to be from the Green Bay front office. Um, it shows that the Patriots trade down from 15 um, to acquire Jordan Love, the 29th overall pick, and a fourth round pick. From Green Bay, and Green Bay would, in, in exchange, get that that fifteenth overall pick. Now, hmm. Maybe now again, if it if it if it were true, if it were to come to fruition, then I mean, it very well could happen. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I mean, Jordan Love could be a guy that goes in and, and makes a splash with the Patriots. Uh, he could be a guy that goes in and possibly ruins the Patriots' future. I just don't know if that how accurate that would ever be. I mean, just because if you're if you're the Packers, right, you hold all the the all the cards. I mean, because you know how bad New England wants a quarterback. You know how, how they can't trade up. I mean, you could really take advantage of them at that point. Um, and what you just read off wasn't that enticing. It's like okay, like that's all they're gonna get in that situation. And also, if if that is true, and you let something off your piece of paper in the front office get leaked, you have to think they're getting a phone call right about now saying, 
what is going on with you? Right. Yeah. Like, right. So, I mean, the draft is, is very, I mean, look, I mean, as silly as it sounds, the details that happens in a team's uh, office building during this time is sacred because you don't want any, it's like a big poker game. Mm-hmm. You literally could lose millions mm-hmm. or in this case wins um, or prestige because of that. And you pretty much just gave your hand. That'd be like me saying, Raceland, we're in a game of poker. Pat folded. Because he don't know how to play poker. <laughs> he does not. So that'd be like Raceland having a pair of twos with the ace high and me having a full house. I'd be like, Raceland. I feel bad, man. I know you need money, but here's my full house. Don't ante up. That'd be stupid. Oh, yeah. I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. Um, I wish Pat knew how to play poker because I would. (laughs) It would be good for the Packers, though, for sure, because they could definitely get a corner and help for Aaron Rodgers. So, Pat, you got to play Yahtzee. I do. I love you. You know how to play poker then. It's like Yahtzee with cards. I'd have to get into I don't know. I mean, you got pairs. You got double pairs. You got two pairs. You got a full house, three of a kind, four of a kind, flush. Right, um. Yeah, except you can't hold on to dice and then just re-roll. I was going to say. You uh, can't, so you, you, you can't be like, yeah, I don't like this card. I want another one. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I removed my dice. I don't like that roll. That didn't count. The dice got caught on the bottom of the cup. I, no, I get that, but I'm talking like, and in poker, you can't be like, yeah, I don't like that card. I don't want it. Give me another one. That's fair, but that's what. But you do have the ability of saying, I don't like this hand. I'm not putting any more money on it. Right. But um, enough poker talk. I don't. I, mean, I know I'm to blame for that one, but um, yep. yeah, I, you know, I like poker. Um, but, Raceland, would you like to update the audience? Um, so, obviously, we know the draft is next week. Um, so, we know the goal for tomorrow is a road tripping episode, which, I, as of now, I still have an interview, which you know how that can change. Um, sure. But when it comes to – you already alluded to we're doing mock drafts the next couple episodes. So, would you like to inform the audience about next Thursday's episode and what – they should be uh, expecting for the draft, the, the the draft night episode. Well, what? So we're pushing it back, right? I think that's what we decided. We're pushing it to Friday instead of Thursday. Yeah. So um, because of time constraints and schedules, um, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to push next Thursday's episode back to Friday. Um, we're going to talk about the first round. And then anticipation for the second, third round, and then maybe even for the the, the Saturday rounds. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do there. We're gonna we're gonna try our best and have it out as early as possible. Um, I don't know what the exact plans are for next Friday, um, weather permitting. We're supposed to go golfing, um, so I don't know one if it's nice out if we if we try and record first. And then go golfing, or if if we go golfing first and then try and record. As I sit here and see Pat and James shake their heads, yes, we're and teeing no. off at eight a.m. We're yeah. teeing off at eight a.m. Buddy, it yeah. took us seven hours last time. I like to be yeah. back for the second round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you realize we're only gonna get like four hours of sleep <laughs> because oh. the, the first round is not gonna end till midnight, and then we got to be up at like. The, the butt crack of dawn to go golfing at 8 a.m. I'd rather go, I'd rather be up at the butt crack of dawn than go golfing than go to work. True. Very, Good point. Very Good very point. True. And very I point. think if Pat told me if you're nice, um, well, I don't think his Taco Bell has breakfast, so you're screwed anyway. Your it Taco Bell not. doesn't have breakfast? No, it doesn't. Man, I'm boycotting. Yeah, every time he's in, in my town, every time he comes up to see me, it's, we have to go to Taco Bell for breakfast. We do. <laughs> we do. 
But I actually found something, two things on the menu I actually like there for breakfast. Um, so I guess that's a good thing he's doing that. Um, that the what's that called with the hash brown in the middle? That's a good the crunch sandwich. wrap. The, the, the crunch wrap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crunch wrap. <laughs> that's a good sandwich. Although I like the uh, I like the <laughs> I like the uh, cheese burrito thing too. I like the with the, the sausage, sausage on it. It's oh, like a dollar twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah, but that, I told you guys that's my breakfast too. Well, that's my that's breakfast. A, it's a good breakfast, but I told you I kind of got mad when I opened up the foil at first because when I first went there, I ordered it. And you can ask Pat. I got really excited. I thought I hit a deal, right? So I was like, man, a dollar? But on the menu, it looks like a foot long, right? On the menu, it looks huge. <laughs> it's only but then about I, five inches. <laughs> oh, five. Yeah, that's generous. I got like three to four. But I tell you what, in that three to four inches, it's one tasty breakfast. So I give it them it. It really is. It really is. It really is. Anyway, all right, let's stop talking about Taco Bell and wrap this episode up. Yeah, so yeah, now you're, that you're making me sad. Yeah, me Make too. me hungry. Yeah, same. So now that we're updating you on the uh, schedule for the next couple of weeks, um, and hopefully the um, at least I will see you tomorrow. I don't know if any other Beavises are going to join us, but um, – I know we're going to have the road tripping hopefully tomorrow, and we'll have a normal scheduled show on Thursday. But until then, we'll see you Thursday for a regular special, I guess. I don't think it's special, right? No. I I, I would consider it a special. All right, so so we'll see you this Thursday for a special mock draft edition, which will be patch edition, this Thursday on your favorite football podcast.